Welcome to the Geniuses of Copywriting Podcast, a peek into the minds and strategies of the world's greatest copywriters, marketers, and persuasion experts. And now, here's your host, Brian Cassangina. All right, guys, welcome uh, to the call. I'm really excited to, to chat to David Garfinkel today. Um, if you've been into uh, copywriting persuasion for any length of time, then you know who this guy is. David's known as the world's greatest or best copywriting coach. Um, I couldn't agree with that more. You know, he's one of the legends of the industries. He's helped copywriters and business in more than 100 industries increase their profits through better copywriting, including one business that brought in $40 million from a three-page sales letter he wrote. So that's pretty impressive in anyone's book. Um, and speaking of books, his, uh, his uh, classic best uh, seller, Breakthrough Copywriting, that's the number one bestseller on Amazon. So, um, David, I really appreciate a guy of your caliber, you know, coming on uh, to chat with me today. So, uh, I thank you very much uh, uh, for uh, your investment of time in this. So, thanks for that. And uh, if you, yeah, see so if you could uh, tell us a bit about uh, about yourself and and uh, a bit about your story. Sure, glad to. So, I started out in my um, career as a a journalist, a business journalist, and did really well with that. And it was, um, I guess a lot of people can relate to this. The better I got and the further I went, the more I realized this is not for me. <laughs> I'm on the wrong path. And uh, it, it took me a while. Uh, I tried a few things that were pretty spectacular failures. And then I found copywriting after I you know, left journalism in the mid 80s. And um, actually, it was a Gary Halbert seminar that I went to that it just totally changed my life. And I met a lot of people there who became friends and business associates since then, um, up, up to this day, uh, John Carlton. Um, I think I met Bond Halbert. He was probably knee-high to a grasshopper <laughs> at the time. I met Gary, of course, uh, David Deutsch, Carl Galletti, Dan Kennedy, a lot of a lot of people that you've probably heard of, they were all in that yeah. room at that time. It was actually a hurricane relief fundraiser seminar for Hurricane Andrew. And uh, as we're recording this, of course, Hurricane Florence is threatening the East Coast of the United States, mm -hmm. and that's probably going to be even worse. But uh, Hurricane Andrew was a terrible. Anyway, I I uh, um, wrote copy like a madman. I was really my back was really up against the wall. I was in deep shit at that point financially and copywriting was the way out. Um, but when I would talk about it, the way I would explain it, people would ask me to teach and ask me to coach. And so, you know, I did write a lot of copy. Um, and I, you know, wrote the $40 million letter. You, you mentioned also, I wrote, uh, one internet letter that made a million in one or two days. The server actually melted, although <laughs> that, that was the lead generation. That was not my letter. It wasn't that my copy was so hot that it <laughs> melted the server or anything. No, I'm sure um, it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on, on a personal note, I'd like to say something. Um, when I was younger, I, I had very thick hair. And um, a lot of times these days people say, why are you wearing that silly hat? You know, where's that beautiful butchy head of hair? And I want to show you something. 
There there isn't one, but you and I have both seen this very important scientific report on uh, Facebook. Uh, Our friend Vin Montello put up. Yeah, I saw that from Vin. This is an absolutely true story. That is 100% provable scientific fact. Science says that bald men are stronger and more confident. Yeah. So I have no apologies. Yeah, it's self-evident. Being confident, I don't apologize. (laughs) Why should you? <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I started coaching and it worked out really well. People started getting great results. I went back to school. I got a master's in education. That was a worthless mistake. I I took a year long professional training, uh, coach training, and I, I did learn some good things. Not much about coaching, copywriting, but about coaching people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've I've kept at it. I I just got a new client today who is in France, who speaks English, he, he's raised in the U.S., and he, he's top of his market in France. So uh, it's, it's turned out to be a very good business for me and for my clients. Yeah, and you've got the uh, um, reputation preceding you um, based on all that, uh, all that work that you've done and all the study you've done. Um, <clears throat> Uh, they call you the, the world's greatest copywriting coach, and, and I would definitely agree with that. Um, why do they call you the world's greatest copywriting coach? Well, I, I thought about that a long time. It's, it's hard for me to remember. The, the one point in time was probably the late 90s, and if you remember the name J. Conrad Levinson, he yeah. was the guerrilla marketing guy. He was a friend of mine, um, lived in the same area that I do. And I was, I was at his house and I think Mitch Meyerson, his cousin was, or his, his nephew was there and we were talking and I, I, I told him that, um, you know, I was going to be doing this and they said, well, you know, what about your positioning? I mean, they didn't say branding, but you know, what, what yeah, about, yeah. and, and wh- why don't you say you're the world's greatest copywriting coach? And I said, well, then I'd actually have to be the world's greatest copywriting coach. They said, well, you know, I'm the world's best-selling marketing author. You know, you say something, you got to actually – that's, that's all I can remember. And I started to tell people, and they started to agree, and then they started to um, say it themselves. And hmm. um, I'm, I'm the only guy I know who actually does this full-time and doesn't do anything else. I mean, some of my A-list or friends do – copy critiques or copy chiefing. I don't know anyone else who does this. I still write a little copy mostly for myself and, and for clients, only people I've known for a while. Mm. Um, and, and usually maybe even people I've coached or people who I've consulted for. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've just been doing this a lot and, uh, it's worked out well. So is that kind of the place where you found yourself, um, this is the most effective version of yourself. This is where you do your best work. I believe so. Yeah. I mean, I seem to be um, a compulsive explainer. I like to uh, teach things to people. I also, um, I believe I may have some learning disabilities, um, which would sound strange for a guy with like two degrees and a (laughs) PhD level certificate in coaching, but I don't learn things the way, supposedly other people learn them. So I've really had to learn how to break things down for myself. And I use that style um, of, you know, very small 
uh, bore step-by-step instruction and explanation, and it it seems to work very well. Um, But yeah, I I also like coaching. I like people, and I I like helping. I like teaching them, and I, I, I don't like, you know, a lot of the things about education, you don't see that much of this in our world, but certainly in the academic world where they just pour lots of knowledge into you so you can recite it back in a test yeah. and the professor can collect their paycheck and yeah. rinse and repeat and doesn't do anyone else a whole lot of good. Um, so I'm, I'm very much about the practical stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's very important. Um, uh, speaking of people getting started, um, uh, do you coach uh, people who are beginner copywriters or people who have some experience? What, what's your advice for people getting started uh, in, in the area of copyright? Yeah, so I don't coach beginners. I've tried that and it's been a disaster over and over again. I just don't know how to help someone get started from zero as, as a coach, as a teacher. I have some good ideas and um, based on what I've done and based on what some of the people I know who are really good at working with beginners have those people do, and I can share those with you. Um, you know, the, the first thing is you need to read. You need to read about copy because, as, as you know, Brian, you have to think very differently about the way you write, and yeah. you need to write very differently, and so you need to read. You know, you, you can't do this just out of your imagination or out of your mm. preconceptions. You have to both read copy, read a lot of copy, both inside the niche you may be working in if you picked a niche and elsewhere. And you need to read some of the great books about copywriting, um, usually seven times. For example, scientific advertising on the cover of, of one of the editions of scientific advertising by Claude Hopkins. Uh, the great David Ogilvy is quoted as saying, no one should write any advertising until they've read this at least seven times. Um, you know, because I'm a slow learner, I read it twice as many. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, there, there are, there are a handful of books like that. Mm -hmm. I'd also recommend my book breakthrough copywriting because it's great for beginners and it's also good for more experienced people who are looking to fill in gaps in in certain areas so yeah definitely i agree with that i mean um my point of view is and i get uh uh, people approaching me from uh for copywriting coaching at at times and i never have advertised anything like that so it's kind of an organic thing but um but really if they haven't um if they don't have any base in copyright i feel like uh um it's really hard to uh, to really you know, push forward, push them forward in their results. And if they don't know uh, the difference between a headline and a PS, then uh, then uh, you know it's it's they need to go and do that that groundwork. So so um, if I was going to be a full time coach, I would do exactly the same thing. Yeah, and and I would say besides reading, you want to write, you want to practice, you want to try stuff. Um, uh, you might write a Facebook ad or a, a Google AdWords ad or, um, you know, a display ad or maybe just um, an opt-in page. But you, you need to actually practice doing it. Yeah. You know, writing is so mental, people think you can do it all in your head, but you can't. You 
there has to be at least an interaction between you and your fingers. And ultimately, because ultimately it's about an interaction between you and a prospect. Um, hand copying letters, which uh, everybody hates and everyone I know who's good has done. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's really important. Yeah. And um, starting, I, I think you should go to some, some inter, introductory seminars or webinars, but be careful, you know, go it, it, at, at, at the early stage, it doesn't have to be someone who's great at teaching, but it needs to at least be someone who has experience in the real world. You know, one thing um, I spent a long time thinking about is why don't they teach good copywriting and direct marketing at colleges and universities? And there may be some exceptions. I think NYU may have some. There may be some in Australia or UK or Thailand. I don't know, but I haven't seen any. Personally, I think a lot of the reasons is the, the the rules you need to succeed in an academic environment would almost prevent anyone who's a really experienced copywriter from being one of your teachers. And if you learn from someone who understands the theory but not the practice, that's dangerous. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more because they would if if they were such a if they really understood the uh, the core of of what copywriting is about, you know, they they uh, um they wouldn't be the, the person who is in a classroom teaching it to, as a nine to five job. Yeah. Now, I mean, there are exceptions. For example, Bob Bly is a great copywriter and a great teacher. I don't prefer his style, but I respect him. I learned a lot from him in the beginning. He has taught at NYU. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know why I keep bringing up NYU. <laughs> well, maybe because I lived near there when I worked in New York, even though I had nothing to do with NYU. <laughs> But, you know, that, that, that sort of stands out in my mind as a place where you might get something good. Hmm. And, you know, he was still, you know, Bob sort of famous for his 12-hour days. Yeah. You know, after, he has, after he's multimillionaire and has 80 books in print. Yeah, 80 books in print. He's that's still, a lot of books. <laughs> and that's a lot of hours, too. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he didn't give everything up. He, he, he did that as like, um, you know. Uh, a, a professional thing or a part-time mm. thing, whatever. Oh. Um, so what about uh, if I can move on to people who have uh, like established businesses but uh, but not established copy? Like, uh, as I record this, I've just taken on a new client who will be writing copy for and uh, they've got an e-commerce business with a health supplement they've been selling worldwide. Um, and it's, uh, they are doing, uh, you know, well into the six figures per month, but, um, they've literally, uh, never emailed their list. They have, uh, absolutely basic copy on, on the, uh, on the product pages. Um, they've, uh, they've done well just by being ranked in Google and, and by having a good product and, and, uh, and having a basic core concept, but, uh, what a, what what uh, what can business owners like that do if they've they've experienced a good level of success but without uh, copy? Um, how much ups how much upside potential does a business like that have? And and what what kind of things should they do with their copy? Yeah, well, a few things. I will get to your question, but first, let me say I'm jealous of you. It's going to be so easy for <laughs> yeah. you to be a hero with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. Gary Bensavenga, um, for anyone who doesn't know, famous copywriter. Some people said he was the guy everyone was afraid of, you know, so yeah. you couldn't beat him in controls. Um, he said a gifted product is more important than a gifted pen. 
And th- this is a classic example of that to the tune of six figures a month, right? Yeah. Gifted meaning high yeah, quality, yeah, yeah. not not some special esoteric meaning of the word there. Yeah. Uh, so um, when when someone's at that level, you know, I mean, step number one is to hire Brian. That was a good idea on their yeah, part. He's done um, that <laughs> He's done that one. Yeah. Um, if they want to learn more about writing copy themselves, um, so certainly all of the other things, uh, the kind of person you're talking about is the kind of person I, I, I do work with business people who have a lot of experience in business, especially e-commerce, direct marketing, but maybe not the copy because a lot of what a beginner has to learn, they've already learned or they yeah, couldn't yeah. be doing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then to, to, you know, take it to the um, level of being a good copywriter at that point, you need to get around experienced people. Now, they're, they're going to learn a lot working with you. You'll probably be surprised. They're not going to be as good as you, and they're going to need you, but they're going to get better. They'll, mm. they'll pick things up because to get to that point in business, you fall over, stub your toes, skin your knee a lot. You have to, yeah. you know, because you're basically inventing something new with a business like that. Uh, I'm speaking in shorthand here, but we could spend hours if I Yeah, we could. But you know what I mean. Uh, So the things I think that work, besides maybe reading some of those basic books, is going to mass, being around experienced people and getting feedback. Working with an experienced, successful copywriter like yourself is certainly a good step. Joining masterminds. But join a real mastermind. I mean, one example is the mastermind I do with John Carlton and Stan and David Deutsch and um, we, Kevin Rogers is there a lot too. Um, it doesn't have to be that one, but it should be a mastermind where there are people, again, who have experience. And in our mastermind, a lot of masterminds seem more like very expensive parties to me, you know, mm-hmm. where where you go there yeah. and, and you, you get to hang out with Madonna or um, Donald Trump Jr. or something, yeah. you know, uh, great, but really, how's that going to help your business? But you, it certainly gives you bragging rights at the next meeting you go to. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at our mastermind, we give each person an hour, and we use the Napoleon Hill mastermind model where keep things harmonious and productive and people come up with ideas that really take off. And that actually happened to one of my um, coaching clients who's a business owner, uh, does supplements, I mean, yeah. <laughs> sort of weird, um, who, who's also in that mastermind. And he got some ideas that have totally, you know, it, you know, steepened the growth curve that he's on. Uh, so another thing is, is training focused groups from experience that are that are founded by and and staffed by experienced copywriter teachers and the two I can think of that I'd recommend would be Carlton's simple writing system and Kevin Rogers copy chief now I'm sure there are others those are the two I know about and I know the the principles of those uh, businesses personally yeah. and, and can vouch for them and you know if if my life depended on a piece of copy I wouldn't have any problem depending on Carlton if he was in the right mood or um, Kevin Rogers. Uh, you know, th- these guys are, are just tops. So, you know, being in a, a some kind of training environment and then personal mentoring, working with someone like you, working with someone like me. Um, 
because at a certain point you're going to, you can learn all the standard stuff, but there are things a book or even a seminar or even a mastermind can't tell you. You need to get someone to know you and really work with you. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, so if I can ask you just like, Overall, when you're uh, sitting down to improve a piece of sales copy, whether you're experienced or not, uh, what are the top three things that, uh, that that you can focus on in any piece of copy? Let's say a sales page or, or I don't know if you want to use an email or something else uh, as an example. What are the top three things that you'd say? Oh, um, when I saw your question originally, I thought you meant what are the three things a person in, can improve in themselves? And I, I would like to answer that question if you didn't yeah. ask it later, but let me, let me think about what you're saying. So it, it sort of relates to the three things a person should do. Um, it, it needs to speak to the prospect as an individual in a way that's meaningful, relevant, and familiar, which means... <clears throat> The headline needs to talk about something that's top of mind for them, that, that, that maybe they're already waking up and thinking, geez, if I could only, or, oh man, this, you know, and, and the, the rest of the yeah. sentence should address, um, should be addressed in, in the headline. Um, and uh, it needs to read like a conversation not like a real conversation. You know, if you, if you go to a, they have Starbucks in Thailand, right? Yeah. 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 Speak here. yeah. So you, you go to a Starbucks where there's some expats like yourself and um, people are talking, right. And you put on your phones and you pretend you're transcribing something. You're actually listening to what people say. You'll find they start us and then they go off and then different direction. And then they repeat what they, so you yeah, don't want to yeah. be conversational in the way that, people actually talk, but you want to write in a much more focused, persuasive, high energy, enthusiastic way. That's, and by the way, writing conversationally, uh, Carlton said this, and I agree with him. I never thought about it until he said it. And I, then I reviewed what I'd seen in people I've worked with and, and other copywriters learning how to write conversationally is maybe the last skill that comes in after you've been working on it. It seems like it should be so easy, but it's, <laughs> it's a lot of things seem like they should be easy. And, and then, you know, um, your, your stories and your bullets, I mean, you know, in a, in a, in an opt-in page, you're probably not going to have a story, but you probably will have bullets. Uh, bullets make a difference. Um, I remember David Deutsch once told me he rewrites his bullets four times, four times. And, everyone? Yeah. Ah, everyone. And, you know, he, he also had seven controls going for boardroom, which was the time maybe the biggest or certainly one of the biggest mailers. Simultaneously he had seven <laughs> pieces that people could Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's good, you know, he's, mm -hmm. he's amazing. I mean... Maybe he's better than Ben Savenga, but, you know, maybe just didn't want to mess with him. I don't know. Uh, but he's, he's really, really good. Um, and, and so, you know, to, to turn your question to the one I thought you were asking, which is what should a person focus on terms yeah, of skills? It's, it's the same thing, um, but from the point of view of skills rather than the written uh, document, it, it's 
getting to know your target market personally, uh, getting better at writing conversationally, and improving three things, uh, storytelling, headlines, and headlines, big ideas, and bullets. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. And that, that what, that's what uh, you just went through over the last few minutes is, is some uh, just incredible information. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Sure, you're welcome. Um, and you mentioned uh, knowing your target market. Um, how do you really get in, in depth in that? Um, because this is uh, one of the things that I know is one of the most important parts, knowing, knowing who I'm writing to. Um, but there's so, so many different ways of doing it. And it's not always certain about, about, uh, um, about the ways to research a customer. So I'd love your insight on this area. Absolutely. So let me start out by saying that some copywriters, you're talking about in-depth, which I agree, you should. Some copywriters won't even stick their toe in the shallow end of the pool. Um, they're going to, and I don't know if they're afraid or they just don't get it or they're arrogant. I don't know why they don't. But you need to understand you're not writing to an abstract concept like a, a demographic or an avatar. You're writing to a person. Right, you should be writing to one person, and so you need to know about a lot of the people in the market to actually visualize an actual person that you're writing a living, breathing, reacting, emotional, irrational, stubborn, cranky person with a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and so, there, I'd say there's there's three three stages. The first one is online research, that's usually very possible to do. Um, you can read about the market, which is sort of going to be limited to how good the person writing about the market actually understands it and is at communicating it, how good they are at communicating it. Um, but you can look at forums. There are, you know, for almost everything, anything these days, there's, there's a forum. Uh, I mean, Facebook is like a forum, but you can a really specialized forum or, or go into the groups on Facebook. You know, there are a lot of groups like that. See what kind of comments they're saying. Especially look at questions and complaints and requests. You know, people will often lie about how good they feel because they've been yeah. told to be positive. Yeah. But um, people rarely lie about their complaints or, mm. or their... Um, questions. Those will tell you a lot. Um, blog posts and reviews, you know, custom reviews. I mean, Amazon has done all of us an incredible service. If you can find a book or find a product like yours and see what people like about the existing product and they don't, that'll give you some marketing points. It'll also tell you about the mindset and the preferences. Uh, it's so hard for copywriters to realize that they are not their market that they need to know 10, 20, 100 times as much as the person buying it, but they also, about the product, but they also need to know about the customer. Um, so that's step one, online. That's where, you know, you as a copywriter are separated by the, the from, with the safety of the screen between yeah. you and the information. Yeah. Then the next step is phone interviews. Um, talk to people on the phone uh, or Skype or Zoom, yay Zoom, I like Zoom, yeah. uh, and, and ask them, and learn how to interview people so people get comfortable, learn how to be non-judgmental and, and, you know, really good listener, and 
um, if sometimes if you don't have much to say, if you just ask a question and let them know how interesting that is, they will start to spill stuff out they didn't even realize was on their mind. Um, now, that's scary if you don't know how to do it. And some people, I know some copywriters are so introverted, they, and I'm going to talk about one a little later, they really don't like to talk to people, but you should. Um, uh, get over it if you're introverted. Get over your social anxiety. This is part of your job. You just got to do it. And then the, the third part is going to be especially scary to people like that, but it's the best thing. Go out and meet them. Go to yeah. trade shows. Go to their stores. Um, set up uh, meetups. Have coffee with them. They, they even have a Starbucks in Italy now. They, they only have one, and every Italian I saw – Oh, the news article said, this is not coffee. I'm sorry, I, I can't go here. <laughs> but no, really, it doesn't have to be at a Starbucks. It could be at a convention center. Yeah. But, you know, meet people, talk to them. It's, it's amazing because it's like, it's like businesses. You know, every business is, is 90% the same, but the 10% that's different it makes them unique. Mm. And until you really know at, almost at a gut level what that 10% difference is in, in your target market. Your copy could be off from anywhere from one or two degrees to 180 degrees. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that's the part that, uh, um, that uh, uh, yeah, I've often struggled with the, um, the assumption that, that I know, uh, I know enough to, to write uh, to a market um, without having to do the in-depth research. Um, which is why I wanted your, your insight on this to, to, to help myself improve as well as uh, uh, the listeners here too. So, um, so you know, that, that's really valuable information for anyone who's, who's writing to any market really. Cool, cool, I'm glad. Um, so let's uh, move on to this. Um, I know you don't really uh, teach many beginners, but there could be, um, you know, a person who... Uh, has some uh, copyright knowledge, and this was me um, after uh, probably the first year or so studying copyright. I dove right in. I bought some courses, and I, I st studied all the copywriting, and I thought that I knew everything, um, you know, about the, all the structure and the formulas of direct response copywriting. Um, and then uh, after after a certain point, I uh, I dived in and started actually um, running a business with the copy. So. Um, uh, what I'm trying to ask is, what stage do you consider a person, uh, whether where at any point on their journey where they're learning copywriting, um, whether it's beginner or advanced, what stage should they jump in and start um, running ads and and uh, and testing their own copy? Well, okay. Uh, again, with a disclaimer, I'm not the best person to ask this question. I mean, I don't coach beginners, but I don't ban them from my life. Yeah. I, I talk to them. I'm friends with some, but you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure this is exactly the best advice. This, this is, this is what I can say. I actually have a client whose business partners in Bangkok, uh, Cliff, me, you, you probably don't know Cliff, do you? Uh, um, but then Igor Ladahovsky, he's a hypnosis teacher, but he's pretty knowledgeable about things outside hypnosis. And one of his one of the best pieces of advice I ever got in life and business was from him. He said, risk small, but risk often. Hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people hear about the, 
the twenty-five or fifty thousand dollars that people like you and me get for our copy for our big projects, and they think, "Oh man, that's what I got to do." Uh, no, you you start wherever you are, and uh, sometimes you're going to take all the risk yourself. You're going to write something for free or on spec, or you pay me if you like it. And yeah, sometimes you're going to get steamrolled on things like that, and you're not going to take it personally because you got something out of it. You got experience. You got you learned something. You found out what it's like. It's so, you know, you know uh, there's a great movie I like. It's, it's an American movie called um, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, classic. Um. Classic movie. And right at the beginning, uh, Tom Cruise is the sports agent who's about to get fired, um, is talking about all the high school athletes. And he says, you know, a lot of them look promising. But until they turn pro, it's just like popcorn in the pan. Some yeah. pop, some don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? And so um, you, you've got to get out there and start trying to pop. And, and don't focus too much on money at the start. It's a lot easier to get good money or you get paid at all after you've had some real-world experience. You should almost pay people to write for them. Now, I'm not suggesting you offer that because – there are enough sharks out there who'll take your money. Uh, but um, the real world experience is worth way more than a certification from, you know, one of these companies now putting out courses or, you know, AWAI actually having been there, especially if you come up with a little product, it might not even be profitable and put your own skin in the game. Put your own money on the line. Buy your own ads. I mean, there's nothing like, you know, they used to say money in the mailbox. There's also nothing like losing money um, on an ad to really uh, focus your senses. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so um, I, I'd say, you know, get experience. Get, get, get a sense of, you know, um, what do they call it? The roar of the grease paint, the smell of the crowd or something like that. Um, right. You know, no, no, know what it's really like. Um, yeah, yeah. and I, I can't tell you when's the right time to, to start, but, um, you know, don't wait forever, but, um, you know, try to get some experience that a prospect would consider making it worthwhile to risk their money on before you ask someone to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's often like um, uh, when it comes down to procrastination on this, it's like uh, um, people like to stay in the movie rather than, the, than in the game. You know, in the movie you can sit back and watch what happens passively, but uh, once you get right. in the game, you've got, you've got to play the game and there's a chance you could lose the game, but that's what makes winning the game so, so much sweeter. Right, but remember, you always pay to see the movie, but sometimes in the game they pay you. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's important too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thanks for that. Um, sure. Um, so when we um, talk about um, people rising up the ranks, especially this, this is I think this is coming more into into your area where you're coaching uh, more experienced copywriters and marketers. Um, what I want to know is, uh, you know, I'm as impatient as anyone. So, how do you leapfrog? How do you leapfrog that ladder of success uh, as a copywriter or a marketer? This is the example that I gave to you, you know, uh, with mm -hmm. a guest on on your amazing podcast, uh, Justin Goff, who 
um, who not so too long ago, um, you know, I hadn't heard of him and, and a lot of people hadn't, but now um, we know that he's one of the best marketers and copywriters around. So um, how do you, how do you, um, how, how do you, like I said before, you leapfrog the ladder of success? Okay, it's a good question. So um, I think I know a little more about what was going on behind the scenes with Justin, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I want to bring up an old, old cliche, which yeah. I think is really apropos <coughs> here. An overnight success after only 20 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, Justin um, has not been in the public eye. And when I say public eye, I mean within our, you know, entrepreneurial, direct marketing, copywriting niche um, he's not been in the public eye for very long, right? Mm. But before uh, he did that, he founded or co-founded three companies. Yeah. And the last company he co-founded reached $23 million. He was not the face of the company, although he did tell an interesting story once that uh, they had to do a radio ad, and his customer was a, you know, sort of a, gruff, 65, 60, 65, 70-year-old, white, conservative American man. And they couldn't find the right voiceover talent. So Justin, who's what, all of 31, I don't know, 35, he did it. And his voice worked perfectly. I thought that's he's got that deep voice, isn't he? He does. I, maybe, maybe he's an old soul. Yeah. Anyway, um, I've known him for a few years myself. Um, I did not know him in this posture him being in this posture as a, a a guru as the fun old guy you know <laughs> uh, but um i consider him a friend i really like him i consider him a colleague i really respect him he's networking for a long time he was in that mastermind i was telling you about with me and carlton he's been in other masterminds um he's um become friends with our friends at you're my friends at agora agora financial um so he was building a network um, and building relationships and learning stuff. And my gosh, certainly learning a lot on the job. And yeah, he's, he's still relatively new in this space as a, as, as a, a guru, but boy, he, he's definitely uh, earned the right to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the way I see it too. You know, it's really, um, no such thing as a real overnight success. I mean, you can't buy a copywriting course one day and three months later, um, you know, uh, I suppose you, you can you can teach what you're learning to other people, but like you were alluding to before, it's not based in reality. It's not based on real world experience. So that is not a good coaching scenario to get into. Um, yeah, there, there, are, there are a lot of coaches, unfortunately, it seems like these days who've done what you're talking about and, all I can say is caveat coaching client, caveat emptor, you know, beware, yeah, yeah. check it out. Yeah, make sure the person, like you said, has got a, has got a track record in the real world, not just... Um, yeah, yeah. When, when I started coaching, um, okay, I hadn't been writing copy that long, but I, I had been a professional writer and I'd been a bureau chief, so I had other people and an editor, so it wasn't like I was completely new to writing or completely new to working with people. And I've, you know, certainly learned a lot yeah. over the years, yeah. but, but yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, 
uh, it doesn't have to be uh, someone you've personally coached, but uh, someone you've known. Who is the funniest or the, the weirdest or the most quirky copywriter that you have known? Okay, well, I thought I, I, would, I would pick a um, different one than anyone I've known because this guy just takes the cake. His name was Mel Martin, and he was known as the world's slowest copywriter. He, he, he could take like a month just working on his lead, on his opening sentence. Uh, he lived in New York City. He was in ill health. He had 12 different <laughs> specialists helping him with all of his different diseases. He pretty much invented the bullet point as we know it today. Um, I, yeah, I, I've got some of his stuff, and it's amazing. His let me, ads. Yeah, let me, let me just read you a few. Um, cruise ship rapes the uncensored facts, which even the news media won't touch. Um, how to get an Oval Office tour of the White House. Um, get a hotel suite while paying for a room. Now, these days, this stuff might not be all of that shocking or, or new, but when he came up, out with that like 10, mm -hmm. 20 years ago for Marty Edelston at Boardroom, it was like groundbreaking. It was yeah. revolutionary because he was the first one. And... He was really odd. He lived in an apartment in New York City on 81st Street and 1st Avenue. He had this huge balcony with thousands of plants. Um, and I don't think he liked to travel. And because he wrote so slowly, he had trouble making a living. And Edelston eventually took him on in boardroom, you know, with a salary. Um, but, you know, he wrote some of the most famous lines. It just He's a very quirky person. I mean, I, I don't know. I would have loved to have met him. I'm not sure it would have been a pleasant conversation. He didn't like people. I mean, mm. some copywriters don't like people. He really didn't like people. I, he just liked to sit there and write. And he had these huge, huge cross-referenced catalogs, which eventually he put on computer, of his bullet points, which were called fascinations. That's yeah, yeah. The, the, the term fascinations originally uh, yeah. was developed either by him or by Marty or maybe by Gene Schwartz, somebody at boardroom. Is he the one that wrote the, uh, the line, um, what never to eat on an airplane? He did. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. him. That one's, that one's still relevant for, for today. Definitely very much so. <laughs> yeah. That's easy. Anything that the airline wants to serve, yeah. you bring your own food. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Um, that's really interesting. He is another one that uh, uh, that I never um, got a chance to meet, though I would have absolutely loved to. So, um, <clears throat> uh, given that you uh, don't really do personal one-on-one -on -one coaching with uh, with uh, copywriters, um, how can people start to get uh, get started learning about uh, awesome sales copy? How can they find out uh, uh, from you uh, more about this? And sure. Sure. So um, the study and practice I recommended, you know, there's, there's a list of books. Um, I, I think, well, okay. I, I have, I have two lists of books and two podcasts, which I'll, I'll get to my podcast in just a second. Yeah. Um, and uh, webinars, um, you know, find, you know, there are, there's some teachers, find an experienced teacher, preferably someone with a, a little gray hair or no hair, <laughs> um, who, who, who's been around a while, who you like, um, 
and uh, you know, possibly simple writing system or copy chief. Um, I have a podcast. Mm, we think we're close to 80 episodes and you can get real stuff out of it. There's, there's, yeah, it's one of my favorite podcasts. Thank you. Um, so that's copywriters podcast, uh, copywriterspodcast.com. Uh, you can go there and, um, search for the, uh, there, there are two episodes on what copywriters should read, uh, parts one and two. And I have some books that, um, you know, beginners should read there. Um, also, you know, my book is included in there. That that's good. At some point, as you read more and write more and, and watch more videos and, uh, maybe take some home study courses, start mingling with grizzled old pros, um, masterminds, web, seminars, um, some kind of event like that. And again, like I said, get some skin in the game, do a product with your own money. You'll learn more faster that way than anything else. Hmm. Um, you know, um, so my podcast is, um, uh, okay. So the podcast Thank is copywriter, copywriterspodcast.com book is breakthrough copywriting. And my website, if for someone who's maybe a little more advanced or wants a critique on some copy that they're, um, you know, a, a lot is weighing on it is garfinkelcoaching.com. Hmm. Yeah. Especially advice. Um, it would be a great idea to get a critique. Um, if it's an important piece of copy, if you have a, a budget to mail it, or if you're, uh, perhaps a freelancer who's writing for, for a client, um, <clears throat> uh, you could do a lot worse than, than, uh, than get a, a copywriting critique from, from someone like you. So that's definitely, uh, definitely, uh, um, an amazing idea. But the book and the podcast is, is like, yeah, should be no brainers. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely go, go ahead and do that guys. Um, I really appreciate you coming on to, to share all that info um, with us, uh, David, I really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy and, and like you say, you do a, a lot of interviews, so <laughs> I don't, uh, and you've got your own podcast as well. So you're on the other side of the mic a lot of the time too. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to do one extra interview, um, uh, for me. Um, you could, I'd love for you to come back, uh, uh sometime whenever, uh, whenever you're free and, and, and we can do this all again. Uh, if you have time, um, you're always welcome. So, um, yeah, I'd love to, it'd be fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Same here. So, um, uh, well, thank you from the bottom of my heart about all, for all the great information that you've uh, uh, given us. So everyone uh, needs to go to copyright, copywriterspodcast.com, was it? Yeah, copywriterspodcast.com. Yeah, I was just, uh, forgot if, if, if the S is in there, but yeah, it is. So, so do that now. Get, it, get the book and listen to the podcast. Uh, you went and get it. And uh, thanks for joining us. Okay, thank you, Ryan. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Geniuses of Copywriting with Brian Casagina. To get the full transcript and all the resources mentioned on today's show, go to www.geniusesofcopywriting.com now.